I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers. I want the truth. Let's get into it. What's going on, everyone? My name's Michael. Welcome to Cinemates. I'll be your host and I'm so excited for this first ever podcast. We've got a lot to unpack, but first let me introduce a very special guest, my mate Pat. Pat, how are you going? Good, mate. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to be here. First no one. worries. Let's do it. <laughs> Keen to have you on. Alrighty, so what is Cinemates? What is Cinemates? <laughs> Why do they sound the same? What's going on? Firstly, Cinemates is my YouTube channel where I do video essays on movie and TV show characters that you can check out on our Instagram uh, at Cinemates underscore. Go have a look. They're really interesting. Uh, Cinemates, on the other hand, is a podcast where a bunch of mates can chat about cinema. So whether you're a nerd like me or need recommendations of what to binge next, listen in as we unpack the latest and best TV shows and the characters that make them so good. So This is something that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I've always loved movies and TV shows, you know, starting off with all the Disney and Pixar, goat movies, Toy Story, Lion King, you name it. I would have seen them all, Um, you know, watching different DVDs at different people's houses. You know, they would have ones that you didn't have. And so you'd want to be like, oh, what's this? And you'd watch it. Um, Going to my grandparents, they had Kill Bill, James Bond, Lord of the Rings, all those sorts of series that were a bit more mature and that really got me just more and more passionate about it. And it even got to the point where sometimes I would want to stay home sick and just (laughs) smash through (laughs) movies all day. So absolutely loved movies ever since I was a kid. Um, And, you know, that passion grew more and more as I've become um, older and just developed that. So um, I think nowadays as well, streaming services have made it um, more accessible for everyone to really watch basically anything there's so much content out there and it's almost hard to know what to watch yeah um so you know friends friends often ask me for recommendations all the time and when we're at the pub having some drinks we'd all talk about you know recent seasons of tv shows and new movies that we'd seen so i thought why not combine the two mates talking about cinema over some drinks and start a podcast so here we are 
We've got some drinks, courtesy of Marsden. Let's get into it. So the way that these podcasts will be run is that each episode will focus on one movie or TV show. We'll break down the plot, the characters, all the best parts and everything in between. And of course, there may be some spoilers. So just be aware of that before listening. Having different mates and guests on the show, everyone has different tastes and preferences with cinema, I think. So um, I want to start these podcasts with a bit of questions um, and a bit of a question game almost for each guest. So we're going to do a few uh, sort of divisive questions about different movies and TV shows, and then we'll get into some more deeper ones. So we'll kick it off, Pat. So first question, Hit me. and this is a bit of a big one that that could really uh, change our friendship here. <laughs> yeah, divide the viewers. Uh, so first one, Marvel or DC Comics? It's got to be Marvel, like surely. Like I think the cinematography and, um, you know, a lot of the stories and the writing from there, like Stanley, his legacy has, you know, absolutely changed cinematography for the, you know, for the present and future. Um, you know, Black Panther, I think, was an absolute standout for me in that genre or I guess, you know, um, that you know uh, chapter of marvel um, for sure yeah and it's got to be marvel any day of the week 100 percent. could not agree more although there are some good dc comic movies yeah absolutely um, yeah. and Shout they're starting to, DC, yeah. yeah they're starting to sort of create some um interesting projects they're making waves yeah they are they're good um next question uk office or us office i don't even need to think about this hey? <laughs> <laughs> okay next yeah, question yeah. <laughs> us obviously <laughs> Um, By far and away the most like easily digestible TV show ever. Hundred percent. How many times do you reckon you would have binged? Oh, the it's bad, man. It's really bad. <laughs> Nine seasons. I reckon I've seen them back to front maybe five times. Hundred yeah. percent. It's so good. Next question: Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Mac groaning till I die. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and next, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Okay, hot take here, and you can kick me off the podcast if you want. Okay, let's hear it. I haven't seen Harry Potter. What? You're kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh my God. I swear God. to God. Well, no, I, I started watching in lockdown, but I was like, like obviously very delayed, but Lord of the Rings is like, I think I was hooked on that as a kid and yeah. Harry Potter has never got around to it until now. So. Oh man. I, I'm, I'm, that grinds my, my legitimacy. <laughs> Might kick you off the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair enough. I do think you really need to see Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, it's, sure. it's really good. There could be some listeners who really hate you right now. Yeah, there will be. There will <laughs> um, be, I'm sure. Okay, next question. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? Well, I thought about this as well, but I feel like the question should be Friends or Seinfeld. And if that was the question, it would be Seinfeld. But then also Friends or How I Met Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother. And, you really? Know, yeah. And like I haven't watched – I watched like – because I'm such Trips a Seinfeld – Because I'm such a Seinfeld head. Like I was like – I've never gotten around to watching it. I just don't understand the dynamic. It's like too like if you take away the laugh track from the TV episodes, yeah. it's not funny. Yeah, that's 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 an interesting point. Yeah. yeah. I think as well, like Friends has this massive cult following. Yeah, um, true. It is really yeah. good and it probably sort it of It is good. Yeah. Like, but I think I, I agree. I think Seinfeld really kicks kick started the whole, you know, friends sitcom um sort of vibe. Yeah, I feel like Seinfeld's humor as well is like obviously I don't know. He's got a real wholesome approach to mm. just like the different like nuances of like the trivial things of life. Like he's just like yeah. really good at breaking that down. It's not dirty. It's not unsavory. Like it's good. Like exactly. You know, it's like a, a great way of um, you know breaking down humor and delivering it to like consumers. I guess. Hundred percent. Next question. We're going to get into some deeper ones. Yeah. Most memorable movie that you saw in cinemas. Oh. In the theaters. God, that's a tough one. 
I honestly would say, okay, yeah. So I saw a rerun of Black Panther post Chadwick Boseman dying mm. with my little brother, who we go to the movies with, like, um, and see every Marvel movie as well. So where'd you go? Uh, Macquarie. Okay. Events in You only see movies in one, <laughs> <laughs> one place. That's it, yeah. Um, and yeah, we saw that after Chadwick passed away and like that was very emotional because like mm. we like obviously big fo- big fans of Marvel and um, you know, all their work. So seeing seeing that was, was great. That was really yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. No, I love that. Uh, next question. Fastest TV show binge. <laughs> <laughs> you know about this as well, but we're, we're going to get obviously getting into sex education today but i literally watched season three in a night <laughs> how many, <laughs> how many kidding. tell the listeners how many episodes there are and how long each episode is god what is it nine episodes or ten episodes i think yeah nine or ten. um and they're what 45 to 53 minutes i think a piece yeah. <laughs> and memorized yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> not that i'm counting <laughs> and then yeah, I, I finished it in a night. I'm shameful to say, but yeah, it was, it was a big night. <laughs> oh, that's massive. And I yeah. think it's also de- deserving. So I think that's really... Absolutely. I was hooked. That speaks to the show. It speaks to the show. It speaks to this episode. We're going to absolutely unpack why Pat did that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get into that later into the episode. Yeah. So last two questions. A movie that you think everyone needs to see? Um, I was always hooked on 90s movies growing up just because my parents are quite young and... Um, that was quite an informative kind of thing for me. Mm. So I was torn between obviously as cliche as it sounds like this is a really tough question because I had three, I had pretty in pink, Mm. um, Ferris Bueller. And then only recently did I watch pursuit of happiness. Wow. Okay. Like literally, I think I told you about it maybe a month ago or something Mm. in lockdown. Mm. Yeah. And like, honestly, like that movie is so beautiful. Like, Oh, it's great. It's like, First of all, like father and son relationship in both real life and like in film, mm. completely like I don't know, it's like such yeah. an underdog story, like exactly making Bro, it when he from gets the bottom. That, spoilers when he gets that job at the end, like oh, oh my god, waterworks iconic, man. iconic oh scene god, yeah. when he runs onto the street, oh, inside lifting his hands like rocky like wow so good so, that's a flick that i think everyone should see perfect for sure good answer uh last question tv show that you're watching at the moment um succession nice succession on binge it's really is, good um probably by far and away probably the best drama series i've one of the best i've ever watched like, yeah um it's obviously loosely based around the murdochs and um the progression of fox media and obviously they're like different conglomerates. It's an incredibly interesting watch. And just to see the power struggle between, you know, a family kind of mm. business relationship yeah. is really interesting. It's really good. Definitely one to watch. Yeah. As you would have seen in the title, uh, we're going to be breaking down the Netflix original series, Sex Education. And more specifically, we're going to be uh, cracking open season three, which recently came out. Um, it was absolutely by far the best season of yep. the show. Um, personally, I think like, wow, it was just, it was, it was great. And I think that a lot of people out there can definitely attest to that. So to our listeners out there who haven't seen Sex Education or haven't seen season three yet, Pat, what would you say about the show in one to two sentences? It's tough, hey? Like, it's like... Or it- more, better question, why did you binge it in one night? <laughs> <laughs> 
don't judge me like that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it, you know, it's really tough. Like, I just think, like, sex education is such a biopic of, like, obviously, like, transgressional growth for both adolescents and, mm-hmm. you know, young young people in their 20s and, like, discovering themselves yeah. emotionally. And then also, like, just, like, the kind of intertwining webs of, like, different relationships that you see, like, kind of come from, you know, starting to make your own decisions. Like, obviously, I'm going so over, like, what one sentence is. <laughs> and, like, it speaks it, to the show again. Exactly. Like, of, exactly. You know, it's just, like, yeah, it is. It's so complex, but it's great. It's yeah. great. I think as well, you know, we're obviously... Um, young adults and I think it's really easy to resonate with yeah absolutely. Um, so if you haven't seen it I think you really need to I can't really remember how good season one was but you know we've, we've come this far it's, we've been come, it's been a blur <laughs> we've come this far so definitely give it a watch give try an episode if it's not good if you don't like it come back to us tell us and we'll never speak to you again <laughs> <laughs> so okay let's get into it all right so we've got some takes about sex education um, and first thing we thought, um, you know, the show really has, a. firstly, the writing of the show is awesome. There's so many different characters. There's obviously the main character, Otis, um, as well as Maeve and some of the others. But what we found was that the characters are all quite integrated. And I think that that really speaks to the show. You know, there's a bit of a, what we call a web of characters and it's really refreshing, like the the stories and the arcs just ease into each other even the camera like it might be following one um character and then it'll it'll go straight on to the next one without cutting so we're going to be talking about the characters in that sense because they're all connected um and we're going to be breaking down what we thought of the main characters because there's so much to get through so first one it would be rude not to start with otis the main character um, you know, we had a bit of a question for ourselves that we'll answer later in the show. Yeah. Is Otis the villain of season three or is someone else the villain? Who are the heroes and villains of season three? We're so we're going to break be, it down. We're, we're going to be break breaking it down. It down. Um, so stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's talk about Otis first. So I think that he really grew this season. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, there was a lot that kind of maybe at the start you didn't really like him for he's being a bit childish about certain things. So what do you think were the key kind of stages of development for Otis? Well, I feel like it literally opens in the first 30 seconds. It's like like I feel like we, we've said it before, but obviously spoils ahead. But like, so like the, the, the season obviously opens with like Ruby and Otis like in a car together like mm. in the, like, you know, in their little spot. But yeah. Like, I feel like that just straight away, I was like, oh my God, Otis, like I'm rooting for you already. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love you. Like, keep going. Like, you know, he's just like bouncing around, like just trying to find himself. Mm, he's got his moustache. Exactly. <laughs> he's got his moustache now. The man's grown. Um, you know, his hormones are through the roof. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, that it speaks to, you know, obviously what Otis's mindset is for the season. For sure. And, and what that is, is like, just like, care carefree i'm not gonna care about i'm not gonna leave my demons like sorry i'm not gonna let my demons haunt me anymore Mm. in terms of like you know obviously expressing his emotions for Maeve, who obviously thought neglected him but that was due to fucking other things that we'll get into later that we'll get into (laughs) um and you know he's he's got his like mindset in the right place and Mm. like you know from the outset we're like yeah Otis is going to have a good season. 100%. Yeah. And I think as well, like, we'll obviously get into the Ruby 
Maeve dynamic? Is it Team Ruby or is it Team Maeve? Yeah, um, yeah. Because that's a bit of a divisive one. But um, yeah, I think you know he he really um has grown a lot since season one. There were some stages where he was being a bit childish. He's been quite rude to his mum. Yeah. Um, which we don't respect. No, we're, we're a Jean Stan here. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Exactly. Um, and she was going through a tough time. I think he was coming to terms with being an only child. Um, him and Ola weren't really getting along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, by the end of the season, you know, he's he's warming up to Jakob, um, his sort of uh, stepfather, we'll call him. And, yeah, I think he grew quite a lot. So we'll, we'll obviously touch on him um, with his relationships with other people. But I think his vulnerability really came out. You know, he got rejected in previous seasons. You know, he was having to kind of also find himself. But I think one thing that was really interesting was that we didn't just get Otis and Maeve falling in love on a silver platter. Um, you know, like you obviously... I could not agree more. Yeah, yeah like yeah. They, they obviously could have just spoon fed us and you could have predicted that. But As much as I want it. Like yeah. I'm like literally like holding my pillow over my head at night. Like, <laughs> please, just like, please, like <laughs> let this happen Like yeah. to the writers. Like sending me insane, but it's like the most natural progression of a relationship oh. I've seen in a show and... It's it's beautiful. Like it just like it's it, real. It's real. It's so wholesome and yeah. just like like you know, obviously good things take time and like it's the writers have done such an like a, an incredible job at mm. um, you know, expressing how like a young adolescent relationship goes. And yeah. like, you know, it's it's great to see the progression of um obviously Maven Otis, but like you said, it's not gonna be handed to us on a silver platter and there's obviously gonna be some hurdles along the way and They've killed it so far. Yeah. Big things for Otis in season four. We'll get into that Hot later. Hot takes. Hot, Hot takes. takes coming. They're coming. Let's dive into the Jackson and Cal dynamic. So, yeah, of course. Um, Jackson obviously relates to Otis. Um, I'm just going to crack another Marsden. Oh, they're great. Um, shout out to Marsden. Cal and Jackson, they had an interesting dynamic, but let's talk about Jackson first. So, Jackson, um, obviously, he previously went out with Maeve. That relationship ended. He had quite a lot of um, sort of pressure and anxiety around having to be head boy, um, you know, his swimming. Athlete, but this season, yeah. yeah, athlete, all those sorts of pressures and it really came up, um, you know, his parents were pushing him quite a lot. But I think he really grew in this season and he, and he could find himself. So, you know, he obviously was removed of his um, head boy responsibilities. I feel like, I feel like the new principle as much as like, you know, the viewers find it, you know, quite hard to rub up against her. It helped in the, in the Jackson like plot line because, because I, I feel like for the first time ever, Jackson actually had, you know, he's not had hot, hot air up his ass, like the whole whole season. And he could be himself. Exactly. Yeah. He really found himself like, he's not worried about the whole, you know, being popular being head boy, exactly. sport, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, he's the new he's now- principle allowed him to get his walls down and actually For sure. find his That's own it. self. Yeah, hundred percent. And like he, you know, is good mates with Vivian, and then he met Cal. So Cal is a new person in the season, um, and I think Cal's a really interesting character that they've brought on. So Cal is a um, obviously of non-binary gender. Um, and and they're finding themselves as well. So yeah. I think it really shed a light on you know non-binary relationships with obviously Cal and Jackson kind of um, exploring that as well as almost the um, experience of non-binary people. So I think the show really, you know, showed how much 
they really can go through and the, yeah. and the sort of troubles and that and um, adversity that can come with you know being non-binary exploring your own gender and sexuality it's obviously a very personal and, and tough experience but I thought that through Cal um, you know it was really interesting to be able to see that and, and in saying that um, you know Jackson and Cal they become really good friends um, Cal brings out this new side of Jackson you know I thought it was as well like like you said like I thought it was so refreshing to like just see like obviously it was kind of out of nowhere but it was so refreshing to see the Cal like character get introduced to the show mm. and I thought that like it was like quite quite interesting how they expressed Jackson's curiosity for like, mm. you know, their comfort. And, um, you know, I thought that expressed as well, like, you know, the societal issues that they go against as well. Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, there's obviously that, that real kind of challenge that, you know, everyday things you, you would not usually like kind of think about, but, but that's it, was, something that it was incredible to, to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think as well, you know, the fact that the show made it, um, more normal yeah. is is something that's really good. Yeah. Um, and equally as well, I think that um, you know you obviously hope that Jackson's able to find someone that he's truly um, truly likes, and he mm. he did really like um, Cal, and and that obviously um, didn't end the way that you'd think. Um, yeah. Cal and Jackson, you know, he um, they were kind of getting close with each other at Cal's house, Still struggling. Yeah. Yeah, and and Jackson went to touch their like breast um and he kind of was still thinking that they were a girl and that obviously was very upsetting yeah he's clouded he's clouded by like his previous sort of conception you know it's a small town mordale is a small town you forget that as well yeah obviously like it's in the light of a big show but you have to take a step back and be like mordale like imagine like a non-binary person being introduced to such a small town and then having feelings for them like yeah like wow like yeah you know, imagine that progression and like you yeah know, how i guess like you know unexpected that would be mm. and he's also learning and understanding things as well so um you know they obviously ended the season as more friends um but we'll see what happens with them so yeah that, yeah that i'm really... excited i'm i'm actually very excited for that plot line yeah season four. and i think that was really refreshing um and, the, and jackson really grew and cal was a great addition great to from the show. netflix as well who are like notoriously not really that progressive as well like yeah in terms of that kind of like character mm. so it was good um, it was really good yeah really good um let's go into another big character so eric <sighs> man let's get into eric <laughs> <laughs> let's not <laughs> <laughs> no eric had some big big uh big moves in this season so first of all let's let's break down his relationship with adam so yeah. previously um adam was obviously the big sort of school bully yeah. went out with amy um, and now he's come to realize a bit more about his sexuality and him and Eric form a bit of a relationship in this season. So yeah. what did you think about that dy- dynamic? Well, obviously coming from, I guess, the back end of season two where they were quite comfortable together, like seeing how their relationship has progressed from Adam being very, trying to dismiss, I guess, being dismissive of, you know, obviously his sexuality mm. and also being very closeted in the way he, you know, discusses Eric. Mm. I feel like it was refreshing to see Adam open up and like, 
obviously having not having the pressure of his dad in the picture anymore. Yeah. It was incredible for him to actually just like ex- start expressing his feelings and, you know, writing poetry for him. Like, yeah, literally. I almost cried when that happened. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Adam, yeah. like go, go man. Like 100%. you're doing so well. And then like, you know, Eric's such a, you know, he's such a double-sided like sword, I guess. Like, you know, one moment you love him for, you know, loving Adam. And then the next moment, it's like such a wild ride of, mm. I guess, like, you mm. know, finding out who Eric actually is. 100%. And I think like in previous seasons, obviously Adam was still coming to terms. Uh, and we'll talk about Adam, but um, in a bit more in a second. Yeah. But I think Adam with Eric, like they actually seemed to get along really well and seemed like they were forming a good relationship. Yeah. But then comes the period where... Eric and his family go to Nigeria for a wedding. Oh my so God, <laughs> let's oh get into it. God. So firstly, Eric and his mum both had to kind of almost hide themselves with uh, their grandma. Yeah. So in terms of his mum, his mum had to kind of say that um, his her husband um, was really successful and like having almost put on this mask. And equally as well, Eric has to hide his sexuality um, to his grandma and you know, that was something that he didn't want to do and really upset him. And then later that night after the wedding, (laughs) he meets, he meets a, a Nigerian man. Um, and obviously it's illegal to be homosexual in Nigeria, but, um, he meets another homosexual. God, I'm literally getting PTSD. And they, (laughs) they, they go out clubbing. And to be fair, when they were, when they were when Eric went in the like sort of taxi or Uber, mm. uh, I thought that they really teased it yeah. that the guy was gonna almost like kidnap Eric. Yeah. Did you feel that? I felt that as well. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But I, did. I think he was just hiding. You know, like it speaks the to the director and the cinematography as well. Like being in some etched ta- like cab, like yeah, you know, in the in the middle of Nigeria in an unknown place, like. I honestly thought like it was Eric game, was, game yeah. over. I thought like, I thought well, something was gonna like, happen. I feel like the viewers like kind of were already accustomed to that kind of thing happening Yeah. from what happened in Moordale with Eric mm. when he was, I think it was, was it Halloween or it was, was something, he? something else. Oh no, it was like was, Pride Night or was something. Was he like beaten that. up by Adam? He was. No, no, not Adam. He was beaten Someone up else. by um, just some like random like people passing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, the viewers were obviously accustomed to that and I feel like going into that scene... Everyone was like, oh my God, no, Eric, please yeah. like, be safe. And like, 100%. And then it was incredible to just see like some vibrant community of like people from the LGBTQI, um, you know, community just like open up the doors to, oh, you know, sure. a, a newcomer in Nigeria. And definitely that was incredible. And also like the, the scene in there as well gave me like euphoria vibes, you know, when he gets with the guy. No, just like the, the club, like, you know, oh, it was like 100%. really like euphoric. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And like. So he, uh, Eric obviously gets with the guy. They don't sleep with each other, but he's obviously cheated on Adam. Yeah, fuck. So, you know, I think that Eric really grew as a character, but that this um, sort of little affair really created a bit of a divide. So yeah. let's get into Adam. So Adam's obviously, you know, still coming to terms with his sexuality. Um, he's hiding it from his mum. His dad's out of the house. Um, and, in, and in terms of his relationship with his dad, he still kind of has this, um, thing like he can't fail and he can't mm. not be this like man, masculine man. Yeah. Um. You know he can't can't let himself cry. Um. And he doesn't know really what he's good at. So let's talk about the Eric and Adam relationship. 
how did you think that that ended? Did you think it was fair on Adam? Do you think it was, um, you know, they're obviously at different points in their, in finding their sexuality. And, um, you know, Eric obviously has been out of the closet for a while. Adam's yeah. only still coming to terms. What do you well, think about that? Well, no, I'll say this first and foremost. When Adam and Eric were on that bridge and Adam was like holding his bike and then oh. like he like tossed it away when he found out about it, like Eric, I was like bawling my eyes out. Oh, and 100%. keep in mind, this is like six hours into my binge <laughs> and I'm like at what, 1 a.m. or something? Yeah. Like there was not a dry eye in the room. And by that, I mean just me. So, <laughs> <laughs> But then I thought it was the most sad when Adam like forced himself not to cry just because it's been forced into him. Yeah, I know. And it's like, so sad. And obviously, and you touched on it as well, like coming from like, I feel like when military school gets put on the table, like oh. it's like, what kind of household are you living in? This isn't healthy. Yeah. And it speaks to like, obviously the mom and dad kind of, uh, you know, relationship there as well but it was so good to see adam just kind of like it, it was weird like you know the, the progression by the mum and also adam at the same time mm. they both kind of related like, yeah they were they, both progressing at the same bond. time yeah and then when they were progressing the dad wasn't and i love to see that yeah 100 percent a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot maybe your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let's get into, having said that, let's get into Adam's dad. In my opinion, I thought one of the best scenes in the season was when Adam's dad stood up to his brother. Yeah. He, um, you know, he was learning to cook to like impress his wife and win yeah. her back uh, or ex-wife. They're separated. Um, and he stands up to his brother who is such a dick. Um, and they show yeah, this he awesome. Sucks. He sucks. He, they show this awesome scene where uh, from Adam's dad's childhood where um, the dad said, like, boys don't cry. Mm. Um, and I think that really showed why Adam and Adam's dad are so stiff and yeah, so absolutely. putting on this front of being like this man who, who can't be vulnerable. 
But I think when he stood up to his brother and admitted all his sort of mistakes to his wife and, um, you know, stood up for what he wanted to become, I thought that was awesome. I yeah. thought that was such a good scene. What did you think of Adam's dad? Well, no, I thought, like, obviously Adam's dad's such a conflicting character because he's mm. a, obviously they're trying to make him the antagonist and yeah. um, it doesn't work because I just love him. Like, he's, like, so good and I think that, like, obviously, like, his like you know relationship with Adam is not good at yeah. all, yeah. and the way that he treats him. But you can obviously see in season three that that's been instilled from such a young age. Like you said, like yeah. that scene where it cuts back and um, you see like why he's so like kind of he's got all these like demons in the closet. Like mm. it's like really bad. But yeah, and, like I feel like for the first time, Adam's dad, like Adam, is starting to find himself for sure. Exactly. Um, let's go down to Jacob and Jean, Otis's mum. I thought that Jacob, like in previous seasons, he... How good's Jacob? He's great. He's yeah. phenomenal. He, in previous seasons, he didn't really have much about him. He was this kind of like mysterious... Yeah. Um, he is so, he Icelandic? He was like illustrious kind yeah, of... Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big, big like Icelandic. Like he's like a Viking. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, but he didn't really have much substance in the previous seasons other than that. But... Then we get this awesome scene where, um, you know, Jean and Jacob had been doing some um, counselling because obviously Jean was yeah. pregnant with their supposed child, which we'll get into later. What about, what about the Jean, like, wraparound in the car? Uh, what was that? You know, when she was, like, coming up the driveway, like, kind of telling the news and, like, she was, like, hiding the baby. Oh, baby yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. She, like, couldn't tell him for ages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that he was like this chill dude. But then there's this awesome scene where he's speaking with the counselor on his own and it turns out that his uh, deceased wife who had cancer, she'd actually cheated on him just mm. before. Yeah. And so he could never really like be angry about it because he was cheated on and then she had cancer and he had to just nurture her and then she passed away. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that made his character... Like next level, I thought. I think it made it gave him depth. Yeah, it did. Well, I think the depth that like Jakob always gives is the fact that he's so emotionally vulnerable, mm. and like for the first time in the show, you kind of understand. Like when Jakob was introduced, he was so just upfront and like yeah. so just like you know vulnerable and you know willing to like just say what was on his mind. Yeah. Even Jean was taken back and she's a sex therapist. Yeah, exactly. And she like he was like I want you. And it was like she was like oh what? Like because obviously <laughs> men don't operate like that. Yeah. But like <laughs> but it was so good. I love Jakob. Like he's, he's great. and obviously like with the the wife and the therapist scene like incredible so great. Yeah. I completely agree. 100%. We'll quickly touch on um Jean Otis's mum. I thought that she didn't really have much um, yeah. development, but you know, obviously she was a big part of the plot. Being pregnant um, gets to the end, and there's um, complications. We're not sure if she's going to die or not because yeah. um, she had a big bleed. Um, but I thought that at the very end, it's very interesting to see that the DNA test had come back. <laughs> Man, oh my god! We don't know what's gonna happen but she said oh shit so yeah i know oh it's suspected god. I'm, that I, i'm literally on a cliffhanger right it's now not I, can't, a- I can't sleep at night it's been <laughs> six months since i watched this show and i'm like literally up at night looking at my ceiling like yeah ah. <laughs> um so big things coming there but yeah. um let's get into the real the real oh, um my god. crux of the show so yeah. team ruby or team mave what do you think 
Dude, Ruby, come on. Like, <laughs> I, I love Maeve with all my heart, but Ruby is just like... It's, She's gone. Dude, like seeing her progress, seeing her open with herself, like taking a step away from the politics of like being in like, you know, a school where there's just like high, the hierarchical... Cool people, yeah. Hierarchical, I don't know. Hierarchical. <laughs> <laughs> you know, set up. And like, it's so refreshing to see her just like, you know put that kind of politics aside and yeah. you know at the forefront just put her emotions and her oh, family sure. notice like yeah. incredible i thought she was i thought she was great she you know they obviously start as this kind of like summer fling yeah. but then it gets more and more like um she obviously takes Otis to her house, which yeah, she that never was incredible. does. That was Not incredible. even for her, like, two mates out yeah, of their little yeah. posse. They're called, like, the Untouchables or the something. The Untouchables, yeah. Um, and that was a huge step for her. She's obviously, you know, got some insecurities about her living situation and her family, um, has to put on this, like, big, like, glamorous yeah. front. But I thought that she really opened up. Um, you know, he met her father who has, like, chronic pain. Yeah. Um, and... Then later that night, she calls Otis and my heart was just like so warm because she said that she loved her look at the ceiling and like literally like on her bed lying down. Smiling. Just like smiling. Oh Uh, my God. Like for the first time, just seeing Ruby happy and like genuinely happy. Like, I think that was her first like genuine feeling. I know, right? Like just like seeing her like actually break down her walls and like all these barriers are let down like. I think Ruby's like plotline has been so conflicting in the sense that, you know, obviously coming from such an antagonist standpoint in this, in like the school setting Mm. to actually like seeing her take a step out of that and be emotionally vulnerable and, you know, express her feelings for once. Like, and then when, when it happened, it's like, no, it's not going on. Yeah. Oh, and she said, I love you. And Otis said, that's nice. And that, Killed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're wiping away the tears. <laughs> We're wiping away the tears. Oh, man. man, it was so bad. But um, I think maybe they can be friends in future, but I can, I really was rooting friends. for that. Well, you know what? Don't count it out. There's a hot take here. Do not count Ruby and Otis out. Ruby, I hope so. <laughs> Ruby likes toxic shit. She will come back 100%. Maybe. I really hope so. Um, but now that we're talking about um, Otis's sort of love uh, love life, let's talk about Maeve. She's obviously... The web, the web, the web of web. Otis comes back. It comes back. <laughs> let's talk about Maeve. She's obviously a massive character in the show. We love her. Um, her her plight to actually find happiness continued. Yeah. You know, um, she's dealing with the drama of having previously called the police on her mum who's yeah. struggling with drug addiction. Now we're at the stage where she's living on her own. Her little sister is being cared for with her foster mom called yeah. Anna. Anna's a goat as well. She's so nice. Yeah, what so did you nice. think of Maeve's journey? Let's talk about firstly the relationship with Otis. Yeah. Actually, no, course. let's talk about the relationship with her mom and Anna um, just quickly. So yeah. um, obviously the mom comes back into the picture and it ends on quite a sad note with the mom sort of almost realizing that yeah. she's so unfit. Annoying unfit to care for very symbolic yeah yeah unfit to care for Maeve and and the other daughter and Maeve was kind of very she had her walls up she she wasn't Anna was so nice really caring and it took the whole season to realize that Anna was like a really good motherly figure yeah 
and also being able to get help off her friends like Amy. Yeah. You know, she shut down. They had a bit of a fight. What did you think about that? I thought, with Maeve? I thought that, like Maeve always knew that. And like the thing about Maeve's character is she seeks consistency. And like, I think obviously the mum doesn't give it to her. Like, it's like so hard for her to, you know, find a consistent, like, you know, relationship at mm. all. Mm. Like, and she struggles to find that. And that's the, that's the beauty of Maeve's character is that she bounces around. Yeah. And the harsh reality of like, you know, Maeve's mum is that that love isn't going to get there. Like, it's not, it's not going to be the stable thing that she's seeking. Like, yeah. Anyway, like it's a, it's a great, great plot line. And, you know, Maeve's mum sailing off into the sunset is a really symbolic and beautiful parting of ways as well. 100%. So, yeah. And she also gets Maeve the money to go I know. overseas. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That was so great. Um, but we'll see what happens there. Who knows? Yeah. With that. So Maeve's obviously moving over to the US because she got into a gifted, talented uh, educational program. Yeah. Previously, her neighbor Isaac had deleted the voicemail where Otis had confessed his oh love to uh, Maeve. I think we both wanted to like, just like, I don't know, cry with each other when that <laughs> happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so now we obviously get to season three. Let's talk about her and Otis. So. For most of the season, she yeah. didn't even know that he said those things. So I think what sums up, and like this is cliche, you know, whatever, but mm. I think John Green has a quote and it's, uh, you accept the love you think you deserve. And I feel like we, like Michael and I were talking like this week, just like preparing for the podcast and we thought, oh my God, like that sums Maeve's character up to a fucking T. Like it, it sums her up so well. And I think that, her relationship with Otis is like just so interesting in terms of it's natural. We touched on that before. So it's vulnerable. Yeah. It's it's progressive. It's 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 everything you want it to be. Like it's not some like fluffed up kind of relationship that yeah. Netflix would usually give you. It's very real. Yeah. It's something to relate to. I love to. what you said before as well about they're not going to give it to you on a silver platter. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And it takes us, you know, multiple episodes to get there. She obviously gets um, very intimate with Isaac even. Yeah. So that was interesting. That was, that was a really interesting scene as well. Like, um, but yeah, like, you know, as much as I hate Isaac, like I feel like you started to sympathize with him purely because Maeve's such like a, you know, conflicting character. And like, you know, when she started being like, you know, physical with him, it was like, oh, okay, this is real. Yeah, and then um, obviously that doesn't end up working out, and that's that's pretty crushing. I think that Isaac, I actually got around him this season. You know, same I, as much as I hate to say it. I yeah, yeah. Well. Um, so that's that's you know a sad ending for him, but we'll see what happens there. Um, and I think that um, obviously a big uh, sort of climax of the show. Maeve and Otis get stuck in um, France, the gas station, and yeah. they finally get together and express themselves to each other. What a scene. When the voicemail, like, saga, when that, like, gets, like, you know, down to a T and they say, like, when Otis accuses her of, like, you know, obviously, like, seeing him pretty much. Like, yeah, when he's sitting on top of that petrol pump, it's like, oh, my God. The, the cinematography is incredible in that oh, it's scene. so good. The setting is perfect. Everything was, like, so well orchestrated. It was incredible. Oh, it's And, phenomenal. like, it just left you feeling, like, an absolute punch in the stomach. Like... I had butterflies for the next five minutes. Like, yeah. I was just wondering, like, both of them were so confused 
and there was just utter confusion for the, both the viewers and the character. It was incredible. 100%. So it was like 2 a.m. when you got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we were looking at 3 a.m. 3 a.m., yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so just some final notes. Um, I thought as well, Lily, she has a, a pretty interesting arc. I think. I agree. You know, it really showed, you know, a teenager, young adult being sort of almost forced to grow out of their interests. So she's obviously really keen in like fictional yeah. alien sort of writing. Uh, she gets a lot of hate for it. I'll tell you what was sad. It was sad when the school finally like revolted and like yeah, and had she that whole like sex. dressing different and she was dressing different. They had yeah. that whole like um, sexual protest and the school like broke free of the principal's reins and stuff. And she yeah. wasn't there to be a part of that. Yeah. Um. So Lily had a really interesting arc. I agree. I completely agree. I think Lily's character is very interesting, and I feel like the writers of the show. She's probably one of the more prominent figures in the show, one could argue as well. Mm. Like in terms of screen time, she gets a lot of it. Yeah. And at, at one point I was confused. I was like, is this going to be like more of a story than it is? Or Yeah, and, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So I feel like next season, watch this space. Lily is going to dominate, I think. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. She's going to find someone that appeals to her like kind of love interest. And it'll be great. It'll be really You good. don't think her and Ola will work out? No, I don't think so. Hot mm. take. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll come to that. Yeah. Um, last note on the show. <laughs> so mm. the show ends with the school's supposed investors just <laughs> pulling their money. What a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the writers were just like, oh, okay, so how are we going to like get rid of the school? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Twiddling uh, their thumbs. <laughs> so there's these investors, right? And yeah. they got some money. <laughs> I think that was a bit of a... We were literally discussing, like, um, how much of a joke, like, just, like, that whole scene is. Like, you can imagine the writers just twiddling their thumbs. Like, yeah. like okay, we got some we got some space. <laughs> Obviously, we love the show, but it's, like, so, like we wanted to touch on it purely because it, it is just, so trivial. Like, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, like, obviously in Australia, I don't think that... Um, school systems have investors could be very wrong, but <laughs> yeah, I just thought it, I'm wrong. I just thought it was <laughs> yeah. a bit of a random. No, like, I it was a weak. Agree. It was I a com- weak. Like yeah, it was mid. Stepping it was mid. stone. It yeah. Was mid. <laughs> um. Anyway, so give us your thoughts on the whole school investor things yeah. at, at um Mordale. Yeah, we'll put a poll up whether it's <laughs> pointless or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Now, in saying all of that, who do you think the hero was of the season? All right. One sentence. One sentence. Otis. Yeah. Straight up. Being vulnerable with himself, making choices for himself. Nearly losing his mum. Nearly losing his mum. Healthy relationship with Ola, Jakob, his mum towards the end. Maeve, I love Maeve leaving him. Maeve leaving him. Except I hate him for Ruby, but anyway, we can... We can move past yeah, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll begin to sleep at night. If he gets back together with her in season four. <laughs> yeah, watch his space, please. <laughs> okay, villain. Who's the villain? Eric. I think Eric is the villain purely because... He was really conflicted with um, both Otis and Adam. Like Adam's a whole nother subject, but I feel like he was really manipulative as well to his family, to Adam. And yeah, I just like, obviously I, I love the character progression, but yeah, it's got to, it's got to be Eric. Yeah. Yeah. He obviously, um, yeah, I thought um, definitely agree on the hero front with Otis. And I think Eric, yeah, I, I do agree. But I think at the same time, they're also on different paths. So yeah, they it was are, almost yeah. fair that they yeah. kind of weren't going to be together. Um, but I think in terms of a villain, you got you can't go past the uh, school principal. Yeah, um, true. And she's obviously going through a tough journey herself, having to have like IVF treatment and that sort of yeah. thing. Um, but I think, you know, 
classic villain. She obviously uh, got her uh, medicine at the end. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely agree. She's in a sex villain, education yeah. fashion. They make the villain the principal. right when you start <laughs> right when you start hating someone. They'll go, oh no, she's actually emotionally vulnerable and yeah. she has problems like everyone else. You're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. Um, I start liking her. Yeah. No. <laughs> legit. So we've actually done, uh, as we've kind of mentioned throughout the show, we've got some season four predictions. So uh, let us know what you think, but we're going to go through some of the sort of top predictions that we have um, and that we found on Reddit in the uh, sex education threads. Yeah, that is an absolute wormhole. I do not recommend. It is a wormhole. (laughs) You'll lose a whole day there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And we're going to go through just uh, a few of them and we're going to talk about the likelihood of them out of 10. So first thing is... quick fire round. Maeve leaving Mordell for good. Hot take. There's because there's been some news that like they got she's going or something. The actor, the actor, yeah, yeah. Um, Emma, Emma Mackey, Emma Mackey, yeah. And yeah, okay. Out of ten, I want to say I'm going to say five purely because I have faith. Yeah, I think you know there is that speculation that Emma Mackey could be leaving the show, yeah. but um, you know she might find someone in America. Yeah. Um. Hopefully. So so we'll see, and then Otis and Ruby can get together. Yeah. And then <laughs> um, <settle> so down. <laughs> o- on insane that Otis and Ruby getting together likelihood. Season four. I reckon I reckon a seven. I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to call wow. it. I'm going to call game. Yeah, for okay. sure. Nice. Adam and Raheem getting together. Oh, that is a hot take. I'm going to say another seven, actually. I reckon like seven or eight. Seven as well. or eight. It's up there. It's very high. I think that could be on. Uh, Jakob finds out about the DNA test results that it's not his child. God, that was a precarious situation, oh, wasn't it? Like it was. That's got to be a ten. Oh my god, what a way to finish the fucking. Oh, poor man, he's had um, so much go yeah. go wrong with him. He'll find out about it, but what the results will be, I don't know. Yeah, so. maybe that. Maybe Gene uh, will keep that hidden as well. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, lastly, Maeve and Ola, they have the same finger tattoos. We will thought they? that was really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> this is like a crop circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will they get together? Out of ten, <laughs> Maeve and Ola getting together—that is a one, but it's very interesting. <laughs> it's got to be a zero yeah. for me. I, w- I would leave up to like the like sex sex education writers like anything so i'm not yeah. counting anything out yeah for sure uh if you're listening in at home let us know what your season four predictions are um that is a wrap for the first ever episode of cinemates bunch of mates having drinks uh talking about cinema we have absolutely enjoyed this let us know what you think follow along on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. we're releasing to all the different platforms on instagram you can catch us on at cinemates underscore and on YouTube, you can catch us on Cinema. So um, let us know what you think. We've absolutely loved this. Loved it. Um, please watch Sex Education Season 3 if so you've spoiled good. it yeah. for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I've had an absolute pleasure with my mate Pat, the first guest of our show. Thanks so much for coming on, Pat. You've been an absolute treat. Um, awesome. Thank you so much, mate. Honestly, it's uh, it's been good to vent about season three. Season oh, we've been yeah. we've been waiting to vent about yeah, this for a yeah. while. So <laughs> Thank you. It's good to get it out yeah, of the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening in and we'll catch you for the next episode. Amazing. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. If you enjoyed it, you can follow us and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major platforms. 
Also, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram and YouTube channel for more Cinemaze content and let us know what you've thought of this episode. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's first people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemaze is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you, whether it's friends, family or colleagues. Sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Big thanks again to the sponsors of today's podcast, Marsden Brewhouse from Laundy Hotels. The Marsden Lagers were awesome to have, really easy drinking and perfect for a bunch of mates chatting about cinema. You can grab a case from any local celebration store or at the brew house itself at Marsden Park. To celebrate the launch of the Cinemates podcast, we're also doing a special giveaway. So if you want to enter the giveaway, head over to at cinemaze underscore on Instagram for more details. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. If you enjoyed it, you can follow us and leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major platforms. Also, if you haven't already, check out our Instagram and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content and let us know what you thought of this episode. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's first people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you, whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time and chatting with them may reassure that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.